You're listening to For the Republic, a love letter to Star Wars animation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Season 2 finale of our Bad Batch Recaps here on For the Republic. I don't know if I can say the title this week. (laughs) They're hurting me. For the Republic, a strongly worded hate email to Star Wars animation. Uh, It is (laughs) Andrew and Don back here once again. Connor will be joining us later, most likely, to talk about the season two finale of the Bad Batch. We're talking about the summit and plan 99. We were wondering beforehand what that last title meant. It's like, oh, is it going to be, you know, their big mission to rescue Crosshair or save Omega? <laughs> and we were better off not knowing. <laughs> we were so better off not knowing. Oh, I was posting man. tweets, I was posting TikToks about. All I need, the only prediction I need in this finale is that Crosshair comes home. Did we get that? Boy, howdy, did we not? We got more pain. I got, I got one thing right, but like, never have yeah. I been more displeased that I got something right about the finale. Because yeah. my goodness, not like this. <laughs> you actually, I was pulling, I'm, I was going to pull up your predictions tweet real quick before we get into the discussion and you got a couple of them correct uh you said a full unveiling for the empire's plans at mount Cantus didn't really get that yet they're really stretching things out more zillabies didn't get the zillabies didn't get rex who <laughs> didn't did sure in fact get that sid that sid prediction right that crosshair one didn't have saying it for weeks you got the um you got delta squad correct and yeah, then, like because we did, were there more of were there more of them? I didn't, I haven't seen like I've seen Scorch, but I didn't see any more of them show well, up. I, there were a lot. Of I them. know there was a lot of commandos, so I yeah, assumed a lot of them that it was Delta Squad, but they didn't yeah. say if it was. They were coming out of the woodwork. Like, yeah, uh, and then we're not going to talk about that last one because it just didn't. didn't I, I still can't. I can't like I, I just start my eyes start watering and I just yeah. have, I have no onions like to chop so it, I haven't I have no excuse. didn't happen <laughs> so let's get into the episode in full uh this is just going to be for the most part a recap of these final two episodes what we normally do here if you missed our coverage of Kenobi or Andor is we'll do probably next week a full-on season discussion of the bad batch season two so we're mainly going to keep it to this episode but we can do some brief like umbrella thoughts on the season at the end of the episode but because we have to we're on a bit of a time schedule this week uh we're mainly going to keep it to these episodes so we start with the summit and as much as i've been in pain these were two great episodes and a lot of what happened in the summit i have just like it's completely left my brain already because of just everything that they decided to throw at us in that second episode. We start the episode off uh, with them kind of planning out their, their plan to save Crosshair. And they learn about more about the Imperial Science Division. 
they learn about the summit that is going to be on uh, Iriadu, which which is the first time we've got that in in mm-hmm. uh, in a visual medium. I believe it's. Uh, I'm not certain about it. I th- is it Tarkin's homeworld, or is it like I'm gonna, I think I'm going to look that in a Tarkin novel. Yeah, it's either but, like, his I- homeworld, but like he definitely like resides. Yeah, on that planet. Let me. According to Wikipedia, it is his homeworld. Yes, I thought so. so yeah, because it. I, I think it appeared in the Tarkin novel that was written by James Lucino. James Lucino. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, and and I think that's been like mentioned a couple of times in books. So that was a really cool uh, thing. Like, I definitely had, I definitely got like a little twinge of like, oh, I I, I remember that name. I I got it wrong in my head at first because at first I thought they said one of the planets from Rogue One. I was like, ooh, you do, yes. Yeah. Little did I yeah. know, it's that, similar. That, that wouldn't be the last Rogue One connection we got in these episodes. Because no. uh, shout out Mo, you were fed in this episode. <laughs> But at what cost? <laughs> oh, come on, man. Um, but they're they're gonna go there. They're gonna track Doctor Hemlock's ship, and then hopefully lead them to uh, the the area that they they don't know what it is and and where it resides. That Crosshair is being held captive. A lot less emphasis on Mount Tantus in this episode than I in these episodes than I was expecting. You know, we, we were a lot of places were us included we kept using the joke of like, oh, everything's leading to Mount Tantus. And I mean, we got there at the end, but like, it, it, I guess they're really like being like, no, 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 like we're going to have to go deep into next season before we get to Mount Tantus. Um, and I guess we at the end, we can talk about what we think might happen and see or like brief things of like, one, are we even assured of season three? And two, what we think the main plot point of that season is going to be. What I will say right now is if they cancel this show and and leave us on this, I'm done with Star Wars animation. You can't leave me on this fucking cliffhanger uh, and and not continue. But I'm I'm pretty confident that we're going to get a third season and we'll probably get some kind of announcement at Celebration. I think so. Like, I'm pretty confident, like, we'll get Series 3. Whether the series continues on from Series 3, I'm not sure. I feel like, to be honest, like, given the the threads that are being set up, like the clone uprising uh, and, you know, Omega and Crosshair at Mount Santis, I, I feel like they could potentially wrap everything up in Season 3, uh, especially since there's also that discussion about, like, Omega and Hunter deciding they do want to settle down on Pabu. So you know, there's all of that. Uh, so it, it 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 could end after season three. I I'm pretty confident we will get at least one more season. Yeah, I think they... I think a third season might be the best place to end it. Uh that being said, though, I really hope that they're not stuck at Tantus for the entirety of the season. I'd be surprised if they are. Like, I feel like most likely they'll they'll get off like half, either halfway through the season or maybe early in because like we've yeah. had a lot of, like a lot of. The, I've noticed with these with the Bad Batch, the developments tend to happen quite fast when they do. Like, like we have like a stretch of of like uh, side missions, and then there's just like a big development and stuff starts changing very quickly, as we saw in this finale here. Except for, for Sid sure, dragging on for two seasons. Uh, it's not even like it's not even get need, on to Sid yet. No, nothing, nothing on my end. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck your night. Get the hell out of here. I never want to see you again. Uh, 
but th they have this my plan. hands were tied. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and immediately, like some of my expectations started to get subverted because my thought was, okay, they're gonna get a bunch of the clones and they're gonna storm Tantus. But it's like, oh no, Rex is off on a different mission. So we got nothing for Rex yeah. or Cody in these episodes. Like I think a lot of us were expecting. Uh, I guess we'll save that for season three. So it was just gonna be the batch plus Echo. Uh, which yeah. it's nice to have him again fully a part of the crew, which was which 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 was nice. And I'm assuming that a lot of next season they'll either be fully with Rex or they'll be more integrated in there as they're searching for Omega. Because Hunter goes full Joel from The Last of Us at the end oh, of God. this episode. <laughs> but sorry, we had a, a quick technical difficulty. My power literally went out mid-recording. But we. <laughs> We get a little bit more about like what the summit entails. We get, of course, like a lot of the stingy imperial bullshit of you know the decommissioning of the clones, uh, the the concerns over the individuality they've shown uh, during the Clone Wars and after, and you know how they're going to deal with this. And we don't get a swift explanation. We see uh, Hemlock saying that uh, we're we're going to use these and and we're going to experiment on them at my with my cloning technology and it, it seems like a lot of this from what he has here uh and the conversations he has later with nala say it's linking heavily towards the palpatine stuff in the sequel trilogy but remember don they're retconning the sequels yeah there's like no so, no, no sequel stuff in light they're, they're not at all setting up the sequels in the in Mandalorian, the Mandalorian or the, or the no. Bad Batch. Yeah, like there's no. just no connective tissue whatsoever. No, no like visual coding, no like no like plot plot elements that are like building up there. Nothing. There was even a line with Malice later where she was like to Hemlock, she was like, oh, it's impossible. It's like, you're going to make it possible or whatever the line was. And... I feel like her line was stopping short of saying like, it's, it reminds me a lot of like uh, a plot element from The Force Unleashed 2, which, you know, overall I... I I was incited by, but overall was like rather let down by, like a lot of people with the story, because like they set up the the idea of like resurrection or like or cloning within the force, and it just it, it's kind of wishy washy in in that story. But like I really like there's the line where the the character Ram Kota says to Starkiller, "Oh, no one can clone Jedi," and there's like a thing about how like it's very difficult to do that to clone someone with uh with a with an M count with Metaclorians, and I feel like that's what Nala say was definitely hinting at when she mm -hmm. spoke to Hemlock, uh, which I think is very interesting. And I hope we get into that a bit more in series three. Like we actually get like a close-up look at what Nala say is doing and how Omega has to reluctantly help her, which will be very interesting. Uh I think before like we said about um Omega being at Mount Santis, I don't think she can be there very long though, because like uh it's her DNA at the end at, at the end of the day that like hemlock uh and the rest of the cloners that are after so she, it, it's kind of prescient that she get out of there because knowing the empire they would not they would not care us all about keeping her alive they would just want her no. dna for exactly. sure unless of, unless of course they needed her alive to keep producing dna just like just like Django fett was needed for the clone army before he uh before he met his end in uh, attack of the clones but like going back to the summit that was really cool you know it was really cool, like seeing sort of like how the higher ups uh, with the with the Empire conferred. It was cool seeing Hemlock have like an interaction with the broader Empire. Like we got a bit of that with Tarkin last week, but it was also cool to see Tarkin again. And 
you know, like just sitting there casually, like to the side of the table, uh, Director Krennic, or rather yeah. Commander Krennic. Commander Krennic, was like, Commander Krennic, uh, do you have anything about Project Stardust? I was like, what? What? Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was the white outfit that gave it away. Mm-hmm. I was like, so I, when he walked in, I was like, is that Krennic? Because I've been thinking we might get like one cameo from an Imperial officer from like the other films or like shows. And I think there is an Imperial officer there who is from the Clone Wars and was also in A New Hope, the one who... His name I can't remember, but he sticks up for the... He does stick up for the clones, if ever so briefly. Yeah, I don't remember if he was in the Clone Wars or not, but, like, it definitely made him... He's in the Death Star conference room. Okay. That's who that was. Got it. Uh, But uh, I didn't even notice Krennic at first, and then he says it, and he was voiced by Ben Mendelsohn. So to have that further tidbit was just really awesome that we got more of Frank in this one because I got, I got really excited. Uh, Was it okay? I'm trying to see. So that, that episode, the, his name is um, Barton Coburn. He was in the clone wars. Uh, I think it was the one that was voiced by D Bradley Baker. Yeah, I think so. Does at, at least that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, but it wasn't the last little Rogue One connection we got in this no. episode, which I was not expecting whatsoever. Uh, but I, yeah. I did love the Batch's ways of like infiltrating the yeah. summit. I thought it was really like with the grappling hooks and everything, and getting on those uh, those cars while. It was cool while it lasted. It It felt very incredible. Next episode, exactly. Yes, it did. It did feel like Elastigirl getting like Mm -hmm. like hitching a ride on those like on those uh, cable cars, like when she's going into the mountain and like in the second act of Incredibles. It was very very cool and uh, stealthy. I liked how it it showed how in sync they all were. Like, and I loved the little comedic bit of like Tech saying, "Oh, this has to be this has to be precise," and then they all just turn and look at Wrecker, and he's like. Whoa, oh, I could do it. <laughs> I laughed so hard. And then there was another point where he's like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then he, and looks, then he looks down, down. and like, oh, <laughs> never mind. But oh, no. You you made me remember one more thing, which we completely skimmed over. We did, yes. But Fee and Tech, right? Fee and Tech's goodbye on Pabu. Uh, I, I just, I thought it was a little funny at first because I wasn't expecting... Uh, something happened next episode, but it was oh, you're just gonna leave without saying goodbye. That is correct. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> it's like again, kind of like showing just like uh, text. Like it's like I like the way they kind of show tech because it's like he's you know he's he's genuinely this is a situation he's not normally in, and I kind of get the sense that he maybe felt something towards fee as well because of the fact that he's he's a little closed off and shut down because he he's not that's not a feeling he knows how to process like he's got that that brotherly protective feeling but then but like romantic feelings maybe someone who's romantically interested in him that's not something he's ever had to like process and so it was very it was it was kind of endearing to see him sort of shut down but sort of communicate in looks to fee that like you know oh no i I actually i don't know how to say this basically like yes yes Mm -hmm. i am going to potentially miss you but like i am i don't know how to express this with words like you know as again as a neurodiverse person it, it was really nice someone who's neurodivergent it was nice to see uh 
that little bit of a t- those that those attention to detail with with tech and how he was how he was with Fee. It was just a really nice moment, and I did get a little twinge of worry in my stomach when that scene happened. When she said, "See you around, brown eyes," I thought, "No, no, please, no." <laughs> They're not gonna go there. Please don't do this to me. No, because well, you had got me convinced that if they were gonna take someone out of the batch, it was gonna be either Wrecker or Hunter. Yeah, because like I, th- that's the thing. I thought like like never come to me to like say, oh, who do you think's gonna die <laughs> in in a in a story like because like I had the same thing with Infinity War. Like I like we were going in and I I was sort with my family and I um I told my mom like oh. Don't worry about like Gamora. Gamora's gonna be fine. Like of all the guardians, it's probably gonna be Drax who dies. Cause like Gamora's Thanos' daughter. He'd never kill Gamora. Uh, how wrong I was. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. And exactly the same thing happened with Infinity War. I got like a twinge of worry and then it paid off and I was utterly devastated. And uh the same is true here. Like we'll we'll get to that moment for sure. Oh yes, we will. Uh but Moving on to there, they they infiltrate the base. They need to find a way to tag Hemlock's ship and, and get past all the TK troopers. So we kind of have Wrecker and Omega split up into one group, and then Hunter and Echo go off on their own while Tech is trying to was he I don't even remember what Tech was trying to do. Was he just trying to hack into the system? At this I believe point? so. Yeah, he he goes to hack into the into the system to like drop the sensor array so they're not detected. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really it's very that's why it has to be precise because he has to like disable it just for long enough that they don't get sus- that they yeah. can hop on there, but not so long that they don't get suspicious. It's a really it's a really cool way of infiltration, and I I I just enjoyed watching it. It was an Iriadu we mentioned before, but like I really love the environment. It's really yeah, it cool. It kind of reminds. It kind of reminded me of Teth with the with the mountains and the like swirling uh, fog, the mist. It was just yeah, again, it's a it's a it's a location we don't really see very often in Star Wars, and any kind of like new location is always cool to see, uh, especially when you just put all the more familiar Star Wars stuff around it, like all the Imperial bases, the you know the ships and stuff like that. I yeah, it was cool going there, and I'm surprised we yep. spent so long there as well. We did, yeah. Like I said, I thought we were just gonna like kind of take a pit stop here and then move to Mount Tandis, but we spent the bulk of the finale here on Iriadu. It's kind of uh, like the believer if everything went like absolutely mm-hmm. sideways at the end of the episode. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but it, it's at this point where they kind of notice that something's off because I think Tech points out that a lot of these security cameras are offline. And like, this is odd because there are so many high ranking Imperial leaders here. And then eventually they notice a an explosive uh, or a, a thermal detonator attached to one of like the, I don't even know what to call it. Like one of the heating systems or whatever. I think the thermal it. couplings. I, th- yeah. I, I need to go back and look, but like, yeah, definitely some, something critical for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And then two TK troopers show up uh, and it's clear that they're like disguised. One thing I do want to point out though, and this was the first time I've noticed it is when the batch in this series have been fighting clones, they're always stunning them. That was not the case here with this the TK troopers. Yeah, this the, is the first time I have... kill. They they did stun TK troopers a couple. Well, I think it was Echo and his bunch that were like stunning TK troopers. But like, I think because of the sensitive nature of the mission, they just needed to go in and oh, take they out. Were just, yep, because 
of how critical it was. But yeah. as you said, yeah, there's the disguised TK troopers. They pull the helmet yeah. off, and, and it's freaking Saul Guerrero, Guerrero out of nowhere, just dropping in. He dropped still voiced by Andrew Cashino, which I, I like that they're still keeping that continuity of having nice a voice touch. by him in that era. Nice touch, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later. was not a nice touch this time. Not this time. No. Um, also, <laughs> shout out to again. I, I'm just looking at the summits Wikipedia page at this point. Uh, but shout out to uh, the TK Shock Trooper armor. I think it's the first time we've yeah. seen like that variation of it. So it looked Very really cool. cool. I was wondering. Like when they were the two shock troopers were like when they kind of domed off the summit meeting room, and there were the two TK tro uh, TK troopers in there with them, and like Tark and her Hemlock had a suspicious look. I was like, are one of them also going to be like one of Saw's moles, and is just going to try to take them out? But that didn't end up happening. You just uh, reminded me as well. Like we also see uh, those the Death Star technicians, the the guys with the like oh, uh, yes. dome dome headed helmets, like we'll, the all black like face co face covering helmets that are like uh, we don't see them very often. So that that was no. really cool. It was cool to see them being integrated in so early. I don't think they've appeared in the Clone Wars. So this was a another cool way of marking the transition uh, from Republic to Empire. I totally. I was like, oh yeah, those helmets. And I just never like put two and two together that we hadn't seen them in this era yet. So it was another little little tidbit there that was really cool to see. Uh, but but we get the reveal of Saw Guerrero, and he's with one other of his uh, partisans. And I was trying to see if I could recognize the voice, and it didn't sound like anyone I knew. So it, I don't think it's any other partisan we knew. I was like, okay, timeline wise, Jin would be like like, like four. So it wouldn't be. I did wonder. Be, I was like, "Is that Jen?" But I'm like, mm, "No." It would be like when we were like, "Oh, is it um Sabine or whoever we said?" Uh, like, nah, he doesn't sound like Forrest Whitaker yet. So yeah, exactly. Can't be Jen, yeah, for exactly. sure. I, I, He's Saw's got we, hair. Yeah, like we didn't see any. I'm interested. We we didn't see any of his partisans. I I, I get why they kind of kept it secret but it's very interesting like the way saw just kind of is dropped into the narrative and somewhat upends everything because <laughs> like let me be clear i'm not blaming saw for what is to transpire like in the next episode he plays a part but it's kind of again to make an infinity war comparison that's like blaming star lord like wholly for the uh the, for the, the death snap, of half the yeah. universe because it's like it's thanos thanos did that like star lord, like it's the kind of thing where it's like it's not it's not really he's not the cause of it entirely but it's still the kind of thing where you're like god damn it god damn it i can Star definitely like, see them uh, god damn it saw i can definitely see them not being uh too keen to work with saw again after oh yeah the events is but i think that was why Rex i was seems so like really buddy buddy with him though like in uh so he's probably gonna pop up again i think like rex is probably like Rex kind of greets him like an old friend, which is potentially mm -hmm. awkward for the batch. But like maybe there's gonna be like a reconciliation because like at the end of the day, I I get I get Saul what Saul was doing and like just just as that he interrupts the batch's plans, the batch kind of interrupted his plans. And like I do think it's interesting the way his uh his scheme is set up because like what he's planning to do is take everyone out, which is it's in in on paper it makes sense. Like yeah, kill Tarkin, kill Hemlock, all of these people who are like high ranking cut the head head off the uh, imperial military that's that's sound but it also kind of raises the question is that is that gonna like cripple the empire as much as he thinks because as we've seen 
you can take out like a high-ranking imperial person, and the empire will just will just replace him instantly. Like we we saw mm. that with rank with uh, Rampart. Uh, Rampart. We saw that with Rampart. Like he he seemed like such that such the big bad. He was the he was looked like he was the one in charge of everything. That he was untouchable. And then the moment the batch got to him, he was thrown aside, and Palpatine immediately just moved forward with uh, with Hemlock, who's even worse. Like it's it's oh, this yeah. kind of like. It's what makes the empire scary that they don't they don't care about their own. Like they will they will find someone even worse to replace the other person, which is like, and it's that's the thing. It, I don't think it's a it's a yes or no answer with regards to source strategy because there's merits to it. Obviously, like yes, Tarkin is like a is a critical person, and it's argued that yes, if you didn't have Tarkin around, things would be very different in terms of how the empire functioned. Uh, but like I said, that there's like there's there's pros and cons to to what Saw is doing, and that's kind of I think what makes him a complex character because, you know, he kind of exists in that uh, moral ambiguity, which is like which shakes up the somewhat archetypal good versus evil conflict you usually see in Star Wars. Yeah, no, it, it, there's definitely a lot of questions on how much you can blame him for this, and and like if the plan worked, like it would have like been a a big shakeup, obviously. And it, and I was like, okay, well, there's no way that the detonators can go off because obviously we know all these characters live. Uh, but they they do. And immediately things go to shit because yeah. the, they like basically like center in the camera on the track, whatever they put on Hemlock's ship just exploding. So, yeah. like, well... There goes the crosshair plan. Yep. And this this leads to my one only real like true complaint about the episodes. Uh my feelings aside is I feel like they just gave up on searching for crosshair way too quickly. Like Hunter's just like, all right, fight's over. We gotta go back to Pabu. Like after after the stuff happens with tech. And I'm like, well, tech sacrificed himself for that so for them to not like his whole thing was we can't leave our brother behind so for them to like kind of just be like okay like we don't know how much time passed after uh the the stuff on iriadu uh and then we go back to uh, the cursed planet uh but i just i don't know that bothered me obviously he's going to they're gonna get him again in season three but it just seemed like they were like okay Fuck Crosshair. Omega's in danger now. Like we need to that that's all we care about. And I, I guess mean, I, we'll get that. I'll guess we'll get him too. I get it, because like I feel like Hunter is I feel like oh like we're here already, but like I feel like losing tech uh it definitely shakes Hunter up and makes Hunter just not want to fight anymore because like he didn't really want to like be involved in the conflict. He didn't want to he didn't actually want to go and rescue Crosshair at first. He wanted to stay put and echo and it's Tech who says, you know, he's he's one of our, he's our brother. So we still we still should support. We still we still should go and rescue him because we owe that to him. We don't leave one of our own behind. So it's it's interesting that that doesn't kind of like it's interesting that doesn't prompt uh, that it doesn't prompt Hunter to to go after Crosshair. But I think it's it's a very understandable reaction. Uh, to losing mm -hmm. to losing one of your own in like what turns out to be like a fruit a fruitless mission of sorts because like I mean it sort of isn't because we know it is eventually gonna they are eventually gonna get crosshair out of there potentially because oh. of Omega oh if they don't 
Oh, we're I gonna have a discussion. Missed. Oh, I, I did have I did have uh, a thing I was gonna mention because like we well, yeah, we mentioned our source setting off the, the detonators, and there's a really purposeful uh, a collection of shots because when he sets it off, you see it go off, it takes it takes out rooms of the lower facility and all the TK troopers get blown up. And then it shows, like, it literally shows the the bottom bit of the facility exploding, and the top bit of the facility is fine. And that's mm -hmm. where the officers are. And all they experience is, like, some mild, like, a mild earthquake. And they're fine. Mm -hmm. They're all hold up there and fine. So it does, I do feel like the episode is is somewhat critiquing Saw's strategy, uh, as much as I think that, that the question is kind of left open-ended. I feel like Saw is, Saw is, he, he's someone who does often serve to the other characters as a cautionary tale of like this is what happens when you're so dead set on fighting the enemy you forget what it is you're fighting for yeah and he has that line like, like oh we're really gonna risk this mission to save a couple prisoners yeah so which it is shows like, the difference that they're and then on. like when hunter when Ek, when tech points out like oh actually you know if we if we like follow hemlock we can potentially uncover this plan and like save all these clones and like do all do all of this stuff and like his his response is this somewhat generic response of like oh sometimes sacrifices have to be made which again is teeing something up uh and he's right to a degree about like sacrifices but yeah i definitely feel like this is like i think i've said uh, previously like when we were recapping Andor, that i did kind of want to see the darker side to saw's uh methods his his tactics and i feel like we sort of got that here because of the fact that his mm -hmm. tactics while you know he cripples the base sure but he he doesn't it's only a short-term loss for the empire the empire will rebuild uh and he doesn't take out any of these higher-ups they're all fine they're no, like they're fine like they're not concerned about they just can they would just consider the loss of uh soldiers and uh resources as, as like an irksome thing rather than like something to be upset about and like something costly so yeah it's 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 uh i, I do feel like i feel like the episode is being certainly being critical of Saw, whilst not like condemning him as a character, because I feel like we're going to see Saw again, and we're probably going to see Saw in a more positive light, uh, in order to like kind of show the balance of like how he can vote. He can, he can be like, he can be a somewhat of a destructive and tragic character, but he can also, there is also like part of him that is, that is still, that still remembers what it was that the Alliance was, was fighting for. Like, like in the very end of Rogue One and also like those, those episodes in Rebels for sure. Yeah. They should have just been like, Hey, you know, that Zillow beast thing that attacked Coruscant, they got one of those in this place. And he that went, would have come oh, in handy. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, maybe <laughs> we should help the prisoners. Um, oh, damn it, Hunty, it should have led with that. Yeah. And then as they're trying to escape through the rail cars, like they got there uh, at the beginning, they, uh, they, they stop and everything comes to a halt and you have all the TK troopers, uh, aiming at them and, and now they're stranded. And it was a great way to end off the cliffhanger on this one. I was like, okay, so surely we'll stay here for a little bit and then they'll get off the planet. They'll go to, they'll somehow find a way to get to Tantus and we'll save Crosshair. Nope. So let's nope. move on to plan 99. Uh, and, and we were wondering, as as you can see by the my name change here, we lost a soldier here. Uh, no. If you're watching, if you're watching on video, I have my Lego tech speeder here again. You know the evolution of, of, of me and tech because we started off these recaps, and I said like tech wasn't one of my favorite members of the group, 
and he has like grown to be my favorite of the batch this season. They really made it like his season like faster now. Yeah. I'm going to watch that and be like, you know, I thought this episode was shit before, but I kind of like it now because it's so central to Tech's character. They did it. And it's they a, made like, him like the like heart of the season was his development with Omega and how he's started to slowly open up. He has his flirt mance with Fee, who she lost her poor brown eyes. Uh we're not talking about Sid though. We'll, we we'll haven't even that. We'll we haven't that even covered. Yeah, we we haven't even like considered like how Fee is going to react to the news. But yeah, the whole sequence is like very. It's I have a very... feeling we're not going to cut back to Fee for a while. I think we're gonna. We won't see any of the Pabu stuff for quite a bit, and it might be like a bullet point. Like midway through season three, they go back there and they're like, "Oh, where's Tech?" And then. Mm, uh, you gotta imagine Fee isn't gonna be too happy with her old pal Sid either, uh, for for what she does later. But again, we don't yep. talk about that bitch here on For the Republic, <laughs> a, a strongly worded hate letter to Star Wars animation, <laughs> and any any further. Um, so Tech gets up on top of the. They're like taking out all the TK. Rail, yeah. Some really cool stuff. Tech's like, I need to get on top of the rail. I need to hook into there to get the power back on. And this is when I started getting a bit nervous because I was like, okay, they're not going to, because at this point the, the V wings start coming out of there and you know, Connor's favorite ship. He was talking about him last episode uh, or it was during the, uh, the Mando recap, which I missed. I believe it was way, the Mando recap. Yeah. Great job. You guys, I, I was able to watch it back and Norhal was a treat. So I am just, I'm, I'm pissed. I, I missed it, but I did add my little bit of a tidbit there. Uh, in the middle of the episode, he's like, oh, you know, uh, there's some of my favorite ships, but to get to see them as, like, prototype TIE fighters always sucks. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Uh, and I was, sucks now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when he started running, like, on the ledge, I was like, a viewing's going to shoot him down, isn't, isn't it? And, like, that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, but he ends up getting there. He gets, like like the, the the grappling line like on the thing but he isn't able to fully attach to it so he's just hanging off there yeah and they keep trying mm -hmm. to pull him up and he can't get up there the moment and that Wrecker's, happened wrecker's trying right. to help him out and i'm like no 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 and i'm getting Kanan flashbacks and, and just things are getting i was like they're still not gonna do it right like he's gonna he's they're gonna fight he's gonna he landed on something they're gonna find him later but he says, there's no time wrecker, plan 99. And we were like, what the fuck does that mean? Because that was the title of the episode, and we assumed it was going to be a good thing. But 99, huh? Nice touch. Um, <laughs> what did 99 nice do? Nice touch. He sacrificed himself to save his brothers. We all should have seen it. We all should have remembered that that's that's what ninety nine did. Like ninety nine gave his life for for his brothers for the betterment of every of everyone else. Like you know, not even like like I, I won't go into it, but like because we'll obviously cover that later. But like yeah, the ninety nine sacrifice is like it's very sad the way the way it plays out, but it's also very poignant. <sighs> And this, like this moment when, like, uh, it's very day after tomorrow. Uh, that the whole setup with the grappling hook, and there's like a there's like a mountaineering film that I I can't remember the name of, uh, but also kind of had a very similar like setup with with the 
the wire and like having to cut the wire so that you don't your friends don't die and it was just very sad like just tech like my hand just sort of went to my mouth when uh, I realized what Tech was going to do. And like, he's just got such a great send off line where he's like, you know, when work is like, no, where Hunter's like, stay there, you know, stay there. We'll come and get you. That's, that's an order. And like, Tech says, when have we ever, when have we ever followed orders? And it's just such a, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's just so well done. And the way D Bradley Baker, like, just, he just nails the like little twinge of emotion in Tech's voice. And it's like, I just, I never would have expected Tech to be the first one to fall. No. I never would have. Like, and it's just, like you said, like we've been on such a journey with Tech this season. Tech, I said before, Tech was the character who got the least development in series series one outside of uh, Echo. And Echo had the advantage of having had development before on the Clone Wars. Like, Tech got basically, Tech was basically the exposition for series one. We didn't really, the only kind of development we got for him was when uh, he sort of confronted Crosshair during he had that kind of cynical approach to crosshair during uh the finale of season one and like you said with season two we've just been on a journey with him like faster is this great spotlight for him as a character like we also in the like from the premiere uh two episodes we have been on a journey with him uh that's all been about tech having to get outside of his shell look at people differently you know open himself up to new experiences he might bite it in the season premiere when he messed his leg up yeah and they just they just, they just borrow time. They like, just waited fourteen for sure. episodes to do it. And um, it's like normally I would be upset that they that they killed off the mm-hmm. the the one clone who's like you know neurodivergent coded, well explicitly neurodivergent now. But I really love I really love that they that he went out sacrificing himself for his for like uh his brothers for omega like you know he 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 does it selflessly he proves himself to just be like a a proper like you know just a hero through and through and it was just it was a really moving scene and just the way they did it uh it was really moving as as gutted as i was that i'm not gonna see him there is like hope i have the faintest bit of hope my my brother pointed this out he has like a tweet where he's like i'm gonna read the tweet now where he's like uh Tech isn't dead. The wording from Hemlock is very specific. When he threw Tech's goggles to Hunter, he said, I'm afraid this was all we could salvage. He's just stuck without his prescription glasses. He'll be back. I'm not in oh, denial. Oh, that was him? Oh, that, po- that popped up in my uh, yeah. page. Yeah. So that one really must have blown up. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, the goggles to me, that was like the any last hope I had, that was it. So, And I feel like they would have like, given us some type of stinger if he was still alive on Mount Tantus because we do see Crosshair and Omega there. So that makes me hope alive, but again, but like Echo, we had to wait uh, about four series to find out that Echo was still alive. You know, like Mm -hmm. there was no hinting at all that Echo was still alive in in season three, like after the Citadel story. Like he he got blown up and he still came back. So Gregor got blown up and he came back too. So there's I mean like, it's possible, but right now I'm little, little I'm bit in, of hope. I'm in full grief mode because we were like, yeah, okay, it makes sense for one of the batch to die, and I don't want to be like, damn it, it should have been Hunter. But like, ah, I that guess whole that was bit just, on Camino is so yeah, much more poignant now. I guess like, I was all, just all together that they actually pulled the trigger because I was thinking to myself, like as I was watching the summit, I was like, you know, it's been a while since Star Wars animation is just completely like fucked me and like ripped my heart out like it did with rebels and clone wars yeah 
And then because I was like, oh, they're not. No one's gonna die here. And then Tech died, and I was like, this is my fault. I'm actually blaming Jared. We had a we had a (laughs) we were DMing each other last night. He's like, have you seen the episodes? And uh, when he first came on the show uh, for the Bad Batch earlier in the season, he was talking about how he was just like hoping Tech was gonna die because he doesn't like Tech. I'm like, yeah, I'm blaming you for this one. And he's like, yeah, no, I blame myself too. Because he put the Danny DeVito like, oh my god, I finally get it, gif. So we were both grieving last night. So uh, I know the tech girlies on Twitter are going through it. I've seen so many just like, just like crying reactions. Emotional devastation. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Rest in peace, my goggled boy. Um, we'll forever miss you. And I'm sure your, your impact is going to be felt for a, a very long time. Uh, in this series, what I what I did love was the next shot of just Omega, the way they did like the fuzzy camera and her like coming in and out of consciousness after the rail yeah. car crashes, and then the next thing we see is them cutting back to Ord Mantel, which when I heard Hunter say we gotta go back to Ord Mantel, I'm like fuck no 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 don't. Take me back to this fucking forsaken place. And again, like the moment I heard old man's house, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Like, because I get I get why they have to get AZ, which is like, you know, hey, nice to see AZ again. Yeah. You know, that was like, another thing like, I was thinking of. It's like a little guy. They only had him in the first episode of the season. Yeah. And they just kind of like ditched him on old Mantel for mm-hmm. a bit. Like they could have at least come back and grabbed him, but I get why. He's just serving drinks. Yeah. He's having a but, good time. But and we get that get moment him. of Omega like just sort of waking up oh, like, I killed with Daisy and Hunter. Oh, it's just it's so it's like, it's, where's tech? It's like tech didn't make it. I'm like Michelle Ang's performance is just so has such a rawness to it as well. Like the way she's just her voice is just breaking and like she feels so much like like Omega feels so much like a kid having to because having to process this kind of like loss for the first time. You know, like, because this is the thing, like, Hunter Hunter is a more muted response because, you know, of course he does. Like, he's been in a war. He's lost. He's seen other clone troopers, his, his brothers, like, get gunned down. And there, there's been always that separation, of course. But, like, in the back of their minds, they've always known, like, yeah, we, these are our brothers. You know, we've lost. We're, we're effectively losing family members every day. And this is never something Omega's had to be confronted with. Yeah. And but it's you just. You got to imagine so- that Wrecker is going through it right now because he probably yeah. feels that he could have stopped it. And yeah. then the shot of Echo just on the Marauder, just grieving. And he, the way he looks, he t- that was that that got that yeah that hurt mm-hmm. me when he just turned and looked at the at the co-pilot seat where where Tech normally sits because they always they're always the pilots they pilot the ship together and that mm-hmm. just that that was painful. But that I was truly painful. I'm also not looking forward to Crosshair finding out about this. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's gonna, I think he's going to kill so many Imperials. Oh. Oh yeah, I feel like Crosshair gonna... would, would go full John Wick. I feel mm-hmm. like if he found out about what? tech, about tech dying. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think it's such a parallel from season one, where everyone at the end of season one was just jaded about Crosshair abandoning them, and then you cut to the end of this season, and like literally everyone except Hunter is just fully like, no, he's our brother. We got to save him. Uh, but I do think the strongest part about this season has been. Last season, the two characters that we thought had the least amount of development were Echo and Tech. So to have them have the crux of development with Omega this season, I thought has been great. We're like the two strongest relationships I think this season have been Tech and Omega and Tech and Echo. 
I mean, uh, Omega and Echo, my bad. Uh, so just the, the grieving of just how much text death affected Omega. When if you just think back, what, seven, eight episodes ago, when they're stuck together in the um, the mines uh, and, and they're, 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 Omega is, is really pissed at him over Echo leaving. And then cut to him uh, this now, and she's just completely devastated and doesn't know and how to it, process it. Yeah, and it just shows like how all of those episodes that felt very kind of like uh, not vestigial, but kind of supple, you know, just kind of like uh, a side quest, side quests. They actually all of them were constantly building this kind of emotional connection to Tech to to create maximum devastation for losing him and like. Like you said, all of the reactions of like the batch, like you know, uh, Echo, uh, Hunter, like Wrecker drowning his sorrows at, at, at the bar, you know, and even Sid, like despite what she later does, there's there's somewhat of a like she even she looks a little sad, probably because mm -hmm. of what she's about to do, the monster, but also oh like and, like as soon as that happened, like she gave Wrecker the drink, is like I'm sorry about goggles, I'm like, uh, but then. We cut to Echo and we see the Star Destroyer uh, come into orbit. And we see uh, Gonky is actually the one that he, the hero here alerts Echo about it. And Early Echo warning. tries to King contact Hunter and Wrecker, uh, but the, they're jamming the signals. And she's like, I'm, I'm really sorry about what I have to do. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you fucking... Oh, <laughs> I... I I have a, a a soft spot in my mind for Mean Girls. Uh, this f I hate her. I hate her oh so much. I was oh. so excited the other week when they cut ties with her, and I knew this was coming. I but knew that she would turn the batch over, but you, like you do this after Tech dies, bro. Again, I'm maximum sorry about devastation. Goggles. I'm yeah. turning you in. It's like, oh yeah, I care about the kid. Do you? Do you really? Uh, because I I don't like her. I don't <laughs> like her. Record. I don't gets like Sid. By by the the troops. Like so many Republic commandos, just like like coming oh, out yeah. of the woodwork left they, and right. There's like so many of them. So many. Like it's like that episode of The Last of Us where the ground opens up and all like the infected mm. like, <laughs> like yeah. There's they so many. Uh, they 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 take Wrecker out, and I was really worried. Like they're not gonna kill him. Other one. I mean, are they fair now? enough. Like, if you're if you're dealing with Wrecker, like you probably would want to send a whole like swath of Republic commandos after him because like he he eats regular TK troopers and clones for breakfast. So like you need the best of the best if you're dealing with Wrecker, even with like the almost comically oversized neck brace that he has. Uh, he's still lethal. Yeah, but yeah. I was I was worried. I was really worried at that moment when like uh, Hunter goes in and he finds. Uh, Wrecker at gunpoint and I was kind of like I was really this felt like such uncharted territory for the show because like you know he sends a mega off and she has to sort of watch as there's that standoff and I was kind of thinking is Hunter going to get are they all going to get captured and taken to Mount Santis aside from Echo and then that's going to be season three but obviously that's not what happened I also want to point out uh Sid like the just when when uh when she just comes into view when Hunter's having that standoff with Hemlock and she just sort of like sheepishly accepts the credit. I love the little touch that it was a tiny suitcase of credits. Like they paid her like a meager sum. And it's just, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a small kind of like 
sting of like yeah you you didn't you betrayed them and for what like just a measly mm -hmm. sum of credits but like it shows how sid has just constantly made like these like dis self-destructive uh maneuvers like they they again they foreshadowed that in faster that you know she's she, for all of like her her talk of contacts she's she's not great at this she has kept messing up constantly and the batch have constantly needed to bail her out and it's just yeah it stings even more seeing her betray them knowing that they have just we've just lost uh tech i, th I feel like that's possibly the the way they only way they could have done it because I think any other thing would have just been kind of any other way would have been predictable. Like, oh yeah, of course she's going to betray them. We've had it forecasted for ages, and they suckered us in because like they made us think, yeah, Sid's gonna, Sid's Sid's gonna show kindness to them, like, and we're, we're gonna get a subversion of things. But nope, nope, mm -hmm. no, 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 no luck here. Nope. nope. Yeah, I don't think Fee's gonna be too pleased about this one. Yeah. Uh, but like, in, like blocked blocks are on blocks are on Facebook instantly. Yeah. This will be my last violent thought about Sid for this episode. Uh, but there was a strong part of me when Hemlock was like, all right, the Empire thanks you for your service. I was like, because they were still having the standoff. I was like, okay, if either Hunter or one of the clone commanders just turns around and just boom, right there and pulls a doctor or a Captain Argaius, yeah. I, I won't complain one bit. Uh, and, and Hunter was in full rage mode at this point, so it would not have shocked me. Uh, Omega is told to go through the mines, or uh, but she ends up going through the, the ventilation shafts. Uh, and then she starts fighting the uh, the commandos at one point, which I thought was like really yeah. cool that she was doing this. We uh, get like an Indiana Jones style, an, a Raiders of the Lost Ark style standoff when he's got the when he's got the bazooka pointed at like the Nazis. Very, I feel like that was a very deliberate contrast, like a uh, comparison that, like, uh, yeah, because we've had like a bunch of Indiana Jones uh, references and parallels like all season, and this was like this definitely kind of played out the same way because uh, she, Omega starts off thinking she has all the cards, but then. Hemlock kind of just keeps turning the tables of like, well, I don't really want this slot. I want I came here for you. Mm. You're the you're the only one I'll 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 take here. And then Scorch just drops down and stuns her instantly. Uh yep. Fucking Scorch. God uh -huh. damn it, man. I mean, he's probably yeah. order 66, but god damn it, man. Yeah, it's not great. Um, and then we we didn't even mention Hemlock throwing the goggles to Hunter. That yeah. killed me. Oh, that was awful. Killed that was me. absolutely gutting. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like he said that's all they could recover. So tiny, tiny bit of hope that tech could still be alive and that he just left the, that he had to leave the goggles behind or whatever. I mean just the name sounds like, oh, you lost your friend. What was his name? Tech. Hemlock like, you... was chilling during yeah. that whole sequence. Like Hem I'm very impressed with Hemlock as a villain now. Like Rampart, I always felt was kind of like not boring, but just uh just not terribly interesting compared to like the other uh, imperials he just kind of felt like a politician really which which is what he was but like hemlock is so chilling because he just seems to delight in psychologically getting to people and just like he really enjoys he has a sadistic streak that mm -hmm. like it was that kind of present the, with the um, other imperials that and the 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 toxin scene from last episode oh uh, my goodness point was oh yeah, I developed an immunity to it. I'm like, this guy's this crazy guy's psychotic, up. and I I, I kind of love it. But so uh, Scorch is stuns Omega, 
They're 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 looking for Echo to. They they said they're going to bring him back to Iriadu, but I think that was a lie because they just bring Omega to Tantus. Uh, I do love that point because uh, Az finds Echo, and it does. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does Az go with them on the Marauder at the end? Because I don't does. remember. If I, okay. AZ is again, once again along for the ride uh, on the Marauder. And we get like a Return of the Jedi callback with uh, Echo hijacking a, proto- a sort of like prototype ATSD, which is just like yeah. so, so freaking cool. Yeah. And I love the reaction yeah. was like, is Echo? And they're like, yeah, Echo. Like, but part of me, because like they didn't show it was Echo right away. So part of me was like, the Slim Hope, I'm like, is did, did Crosshair escape? Is he helping them out? <laughs> um, but no, it was Echo. Uh, but it was nice to have that little Return of the Jedi callback in a very Empire Strikes Back heavy type of way to end the season. Because they real there's no there's no even like moment of hope like in in, in these last bits of the episode. Well, there's, there, might such, there might be it's one. It's a very yeah, it's there a very a dark Andrew ending. Prediction right. It's incredibly uh, but, Empire Strikes Back, like to mm-hmm. end with like you know losing losing tech, uh, Omega captured and literally taken directly to Mount Tantis, and just having this situation where it's it's literally just the other three of the of the Bad Batch, which is like it's it's exciting because now the status quo with Sid is finally uh, comprehensive, like definitively oh. all blown to hell. We're not getting any more of that, and it's very clear that like. The most likely option with uh, Hunter Tech with Hunter. Oh, I'm still, I'm still getting oh. like, I'm still got PTSD over losing him. Ugh, but uh, Hunter, Hunter Echo and Wrecker, there. It stands to reason that like their whole thing is going to be allying with Rex and his clones, and I feel like that is going to be the central narrative of series three. So it rather than it just being the 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 bad batch as a team it's going to be it's going to encompass the whole clone uprising the whole clone resistance which like at like if i weren't feeling numb over losing t- tech i would be kind of giddy because this is the kind of shit i used to do as like a 12 year old when i had my like you know the three inch like star wars figures i collected a bunch of clone mm-hmm. troopers and i just i i just loved like inventing a like a clone resistance that like fought back against the stormtroopers because they, yeah. you know, the clones were really cool uh and i always felt like it was unfair that they just like i just couldn't buy that they sided with the empire so readily there had mm-hmm. to be another reason and we, we've got that now and that's that's going to be a wild thing and it's going to be really cool to see i'm really hoping we get more appearances from gregor from from rex yeah. and all the other clones you know, fireball and Nemet were really cool about uh Rex being a series regular next season is going to come true. Yeah, I, I think so. I'd, yeah. I'd be a bit more confident about it if he was in the finale, but I think yeah. having Rex not be there makes it so much more like impactful and because yeah. you you might you kind of get the feeling that if Rex was there, things might have turned out better for them. Oh, they would have turned out yeah. so much better. I feel like they would have got they would have got off there no problem because Rex mm-hmm. kind of has that. Uh, Rex kind of has that status to him where he gets shit done. Yeah, like or at Rex... least there would have been backup when they yeah. were hanging on the rail car. You could have had a, another group of clones swoop in and save them. For yeah. them to just be on their own and not be anywhere near the Marauder, it just kind of fucked them over. Uh, 
But Hemlock escapes. They have no way of tracking him. And just a great line to end things off. It's like, we have no idea where uh, uh, Hemlock could have even gone. And Hunter says, you know, we're not going to, we will get her back and we're not going to stop searching until we do. And I'm like, he's going full angry dad mode. And I love it. And I, I'm just, Wait. season three, I think is going to be great. It's going to be proto rebels. Basically, mm. we're going to have like, we're going to have uh, Rex's clone Rex and the bad batch and, and their, their clone, their, their clone squad basically hitting the empire hard. We're going to have a lot of that. So there's going to probably, I imagine the kind of side stories that we get in season three will be very different because they'll have to be themed around that similar to how like rebels in season three shifted dramatically because again this is i compared it to empire strikes back but it's just like rebels in rebels we at the end of season two that was a huge shake-up kanan was blinded uh ahsoka was seemingly killed off and we had that whole shake-up to the core cast uh going you know going into a much darker route and from season three you have Thrawn, you have a more serious kind of focus on the military conflicts. And yes, there were still side stories, like the story with uh, Zeb and the droids having to deal with that, like having to deal with the Imperial uh, droid uh, droid probe. But I do think that there's going to be a massive shift in season three in terms of like what kind of stories we're getting. And, you know, I, I mentioned Zeb, he could potentially show up. We've had, we've had Kanan, we've had Hera, we've had Chopper, you know, we haven't had Ezra because, of course, Ezra's story doesn't really start until Star Wars Rebels. He's a, but like, he's a wee baby at this point. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's a wee baby. Like, he's like a year Zeb, old. I could see Zeb showing up. I could see a potential... I don't think Sabine either would be old enough to be in this and story. I, so I, I think, think she's still a toddler at this point. Yeah, I think narrative. Zeb is the only character that... Uh, other than the than Kanan and Hera. is another one. Callus. Um, so yeah, those two, I think could potentially appear to just to complete yeah. the rebels sort um, of appearances which would be interesting like maybe we could see the fall of lasan that would be kind of interesting because i don't know how early that was in the empire's reign um but there's, there's a lot of cool stuff to like speculate about and of course uh there's like other other clones who could show up we still need to see what happens with wolf i do mm. kind of get the sense that like whatever is happening with the clone uprising like i feel like we could potentially get a happy ending of sorts with omega and Hunter, given they wanted to settle on Pabu, but clearly something is going to happen with the clone resistance to just dispel it because Rex we know that end up. we know we know Rex ends up on that ATTE with with Gregor and Wolf, you know, just chilling, not wanting to be in the fight, and and so something has to happen, you know, who knows? Maybe the Empire just takes a bunch of them out. Maybe they have to deal with Vader for the first time. That would that's a possible thing. We know they have the Artak. We know they have the character model for Vader, so that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. uh, and then then there's also like the the criminal element as well. Like maybe they all maybe they wind up trying to do deals with uh, the criminal element to help strike back against the Empire, and maybe that's the process. It's still Crimson Dawn. Like mm -hmm. we still like I'm quite impressed at the restraint that we haven't had Maul or Ahsoka pop up at all in the well, that I'm i was just about to impressed. say i thought because they mentioned rex is on another mission i thought the one glimmer of hope we'd have maybe at the end is a little tease of you know rex is off on this mission and we see ahsoka for the first time in the bad batch i think uh, ahsoka is gonna show up actually because you we've can't had... have a dave filoni show and not have her in there so i think she might make an appearance. I think one um, episode would probably. I think that would be enough for Ahsoka. Like I, I could because we know by this point, like at thanks to Tales of the Jedi, we know that she does, and the Ahsoka novel that she is 
she is an ally of the rebellion she is doing stuff missions for the rebellion uh so it just makes sense to have her show up and help the batch out like mm-hmm. just for like one mission that would be kind of that would be kind of cool and it i would just love cool. to hear ashley Eckstein uh continue to pop up and voice ahsoka like nothing against rosario dawson i'm I'm really excited for the for the ahsoka show but you know ashley Eckstein, it's it's always nice to hear her voice like uh come back as like ahsoka mm-hmm. so yeah there's a lot of exciting stuff for series three hopefully we get like a a teaser of sorts at like a uh, celebration and maybe hopefully because this has been delayed so many times, we get like a closer release date than, uh, than we got for yeah. this one. I'm hoping late this year, early next year for season three. And I think it's possible. Yeah. Uh, but again, we'll see real quickly though. Let's talk about the end of the episode because yes. we have to get out at some point, but we, we go back to Tantus. We get the reunion the very bittersweet reunion between Nala Say and Omega. Uh, and then we see Omega reunite with Crosshair, but he's unconscious at this point. So not only do we not get Crosshair coming home, we get no Crosshair dialogue in this whole finale because my boy we're, is unconscious. I think we're going to see that reaction in real time because mm. uh, I feel like that's going to be definitely something to drive Crosshair because crosshair had his chance to come back to the batch when tech was still alive and he didn't and now he's had to he's had to lose one of his brothers uh to the empire yeah. so it's like it's it's going to be really interesting to see how uh crosshair responds for it i mean i joked about him going full john wick but i was only half joking i think i feel like crosshair could just like go like full on i think it's very possible and just break uh, him and omega out of there but yeah, but it would there's make also sense. that element there's also yeah. We'll, we'll get twist, to that. Which a few of us called. Like, I called uh, which it. I'm, yeah, you called I it. And I was... Uh, you, you got it. Which is really interesting. But real quickly, uh, I just want to say that season one for Omega's character was Hunter and Wrecker were like her two like closest in terms of development. Season two was Echo and Tech. Season three is going to be Crosshair. And I yeah. think that's going to be great because Crosshair and Omega have had very little interaction. And when they have, it's been pretty good. And it's been there's been animosity. There's been Omega trying to break through to him. To see yeah. the two of them work together and hopefully establish like a really strong connection is going to be great. To where you'll finally get to see Crosshair be super protective yeah. of the kid, uh, which and, I, I love. And we are finally going to get like a full glimpse of what the Empire are doing at Mount Santis. Because now that we have Omega there uh, with Nala Se, with Crosshair, uh, and with that Imperial with that imperial cloner whose name i am i'm really annoyed that i've forgotten the name of her and the voice actress but uh now that she is there omega Mm -hmm. like we're gonna we are gonna we're gonna get a more of a glimpse because she's our pov she's she's gonna be learning all of this just as we are for the first time Mm -hmm. so that's gonna be very exciting but what a way to end the episode because omega's talking she's like i need to speak to nala say and dr cargo is it's ironic that you trust the kaminoan and not me yeah don't i look familiar and she's she takes her goggles off and she's like, We're sisters. And I fucking called this last week when I was like, you, you know did. what? The New Zealand accent, uh, the fact that she's kind of protective of Crosshair in a way, or she's looking out for him. I think she's a clone. I was fucking right. So I am your sister, you. Omega. <laughs> I will take my residuals right now. Um, I'm excited for this. I think this yeah, is a nice twist of, of getting another female clone. Um, and I think that she is eventually going to be the one that kind of helps them from within 
and maybe helps them escape or or gets the call out to the batch of where they're yeah. located. Uh, because it's, right now it does seem like she does have some loyalty to Hemlock and the Empire. It might be a facade, who knows? But I think eventually she's going to see, you know, wh- what's going on and, and, and the bigger picture and, and try to help. Or maybe she does really connect with Omega and tries to help them get out of there. So I, I think it was a great way to end off the season. Uh, again, I was hoping for maybe a little bit of a glimmer of hope. Uh, yeah. But we're very, we're very Empire Strikes Back right now. Uh, hopefully yeah. we won't have to do like it was with return of the jedi and wait three years in real time uh for season three because there's also uh i should also kind of point out that that it's interesting now that she's been revealed as omega's sister because it also kind of raises some question for the live action shows because uh obviously as we know like uh boba has been voiced by he was voiced by uh daniel logan but then when he's an adult he's he's he was played by tamira morrison in in the live action shows mm-hmm. and that makes me wonder because we know omega will be around the same age as emery Carr by the live action shows so when that hits is she going to be played by that by that actress by uh keisha keisha castle hughes which that would that's be kind of very interesting. It's like nothing against Michelle Ang, like because I'd I'd love to see Michelle Ang kind of like make the transition to live action. But I do think it's interesting that they have cast a different voice actress to voice like basically an adult stage version of what Omega will will grow into. Because like biologically they they're identical, unless of course the uh, idea. Because like maybe uh, some of some of uh, Emery Carr's DNA was used to create Omega. They had to do like gene splicing or whatever in order to like f- plug in, but then they also said that Omega was a hundred percent pure DNA, and that's why they that's why the Kaminoans wanted her. So I guess uh, I guess Emery Carr is a clone, but who knows? Like I just yeah, the whole mystery about uh, Emery Carr is just like going to be really interesting to unravel for season three. There's just a lot of a lot of cool stuff for season three overall. Like you know, we we honestly have more of a more of a exciting. Uh, slate going into season three than we did for season one into season two like things were quite vague for season one aside from the mount tantis tease and we were all just like oh that's exciting because that could mean things for the live action shows but here it's like no this could there's a lot of stuff here that could just be exciting for season three and i feel like that's the mark of a really strong finale yeah no i i agree with you there i thought it was a, a very strong way to end the season very heartbreaking very bittersweet but I'm really looking forward to the third season now uh, because I think it's going to be just a great time. And I had I had my ups and downs with the season, but I thought when it was really good, it was like spectacular. So overall, I think it's going to end up being a, a very, very good uh, final product in my mind. I, I wonder how it will turn out if I watch it in bulk compared to weekly uh, and maybe some of those episodes that didn't hit as well. The first time around might work better with full context, but but we'll see. I'm just glad we're we're away from Sid finally. We're gonna see some good stuff, and I'm just excited to see the Rage Batch next season doing whatever they can to get. Uh, I betrayed the Bad Batch to the Empire, and all I got was this lousy suitcase. I got with this little briefcase, and there's nothing in it. Uh, uh, but the Empire yeah. totally stiffed me. But what the hell? What we're going to do is we're going to save most of our big picture thoughts on season two uh, for our next main episode of the show. So 
probably sometime early next week uh, or middle of the week when we normally would have our recaps, uh, we'll have that Bad Batch Season 2 discussion, assuming things go well. Maybe we'll have a special guest. Who knows? I'm working on things as we speak. So who knows? But uh, overall, what a finale. Got me right here. Uh, we'll miss you forever, Tech. So thank you guys for joining us for uh, this season of our Bad Batch recaps. We had a lot of fun. It was a little bit of hectic near the end of having to do these and Mando like pretty much at the same time uh, having to squeeze in little bits into our schedule of, of finding time to do these recaps because I had a bit of consistency on my end for the first couple weeks of the back-to-backs and then that went to shit. So we've had to like do these <laughs> on different days and everything, but uh, I, I've had a great time doing these and it's been fun now to do three full series recaps. Yeah. That's been, that's been realized as we've been, but also, uh, Trutting away at the Clone Wars stuff, uh, which uh, we we've had, we're gonna we're figuring out when we're gonna bring that. Probably after we do the season two review, we'll get back into uh, season two of the Clone Wars because I think it'll it'll be easy to do that and Mando at the same time, especially because Mando has only what three more episodes left after after this week, so we should be pretty good there. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining us, uh, Don. Where can the people find you? Because I, I gotta, I gotta head out. So where, where can so, everyone find you? To keep it very brief, you can find me on Twitter at Donovan Mead. You can find me on TikTok and uh, Hive under the same handle at Donovan McComish. Instagram, you can find me at Donovan underscore McComish. Uh, and like and like Andrew and Connor. You can find me on SWEditorIG.com, where we post articles related to Star Wars and also uh, SWEF fiction, uh, SW Editor fiction, sorry, SWEF, uh, where we write a series of uh, web comics and short stories that are, you know, our own little fan fiction stories that all sort of are bound by the same continuity. We try to stay within what is canon while it's a star wars currently whilst also taking retrofitting some elements from the legends timeline because you know there's a lot of cool stuff there i have written one story that came out in june last year it's called scars of war and it takes place five years after revenge of the sith and it features a clone trooper called blister uh who encounters a jedi survivor of order 66 uh Shakun. you know if you like, you know, it's a it's a story about PTSD, uh, past trauma, failure, that kind of thing. So, like, if you if I, I'd advise to just like stick clear of it for now. If you like, if you're really feeling the loss of tech, but like, if you're not, if you just if you like Star Wars and pain in general, I'd just I'd give it a read. Uh, I appreciate the viewership. Of course. Uh, as for myself, you can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok while it's still a thing at Starlight Andrew. Uh, also, real quickly, uh, speaking of TikTok, someone just posted a screenshot of Star Wars' uh, TikTok file right now, and it is, when have we ever followed orders? So we just have to have a quick discussion uh, because that's just no. That's just no. <laughs> uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at For the Repub Pod, on Instagram and TikTok at For the Republic Pod. Uh, you can check out our merch store at Tee Public. We just have we have two designs up right now. We will have more in the future. And subscribe to our YouTube channel for the Republic Podcast. We are halfway to our 100 sub goal, where we can do more live content. And we can have a lot of more fun with you guys. You can check out our Mando recaps, which are dropping uh, this week as well. We'll be talking about chapter was it now 21, the pirate. Uh, that that's going to be really fun. And of course, you can check out our other recaps of the Bad Batch that we have done this entire season. 
So thank you for joining us. And as always, may the force be with you. Always. <laughs>